You're listening to the podcast of Village Church in Burbank, California. To learn more about Village Church, visit our website at villagechurchburbank.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. All right, so, so we have two sermons left now in, in the letter of Colossians. We've been looking at it this fall. Uh, next week, we will finish this series, and then the week after that begins the season of Advent. Um, the text that we're going to look at today, it's obviously not going to be a lengthy text. It's one single verse, and yet there's so much here uh, in this particular verse. The title of the sermon is Wide Awake. Uh, and it's not just a sermon title, it's also a, hopefully a description of each one of you this morning as I preach, uh, wide awake. And uh, the verse we're going to look at is Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. And I want to read it a couple times, and then we're just going to jump right in because we've already prayed over the sermon. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, Paul says, continue steadfastly in prayer being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Once again, continue steadfastly, or it's often translated, devote yourselves in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So this imperative to continue steadfastly, devote yourselves to, It covers all three of these things mentioned in the verse. We're we're to devote ourselves to prayer, to being watchful, staying alert, keeping our eyes open, and number three, being thankful. So it covers all three of those things, and yet the way that the sentence is constructed, it's really just one thing. Paul's saying, devote yourselves to prayer, and as you're praying, be watchful. Keep your eyes open. And as you're staying alert and being watchful, be thankful and grateful. So it's really one thing. But Paul says, this is something we've got to continue in steadfastly. We've got to devote ourselves to this. We have to disciple our minds to do this. This is not something we would otherwise do. We've got to be intentional and make space for these things and give energy to these things. Number one, being prayerful. Number two, being watchful. Number three, being thankful. Now, today I'm not going to cover all of these things. Here at Village, for one thing, I I spend a lot of time talking about prayer because I I believe it's one of the most essential components of living a Christian life. I do a lot of prayer workshops. So many of you have been part of the prayer workshops. So I'm not going to talk so much about the first one, prayer, today. And then next weekend is the weekend before Thanksgiving. Now, one one of the things about me that I have in common with Wade, our previous pastor, is I hate preaching sermons that correlate with American holidays. You know, if it's not on the Christian calendar, I just, I don't preach. I mean, I'm not going to preach a Labor Day sermon. I'm sorry. Um, If I can help it, I'm never going to preach a Mother's Day or Father's Day. That's just not what I do. Uh, You know, you can listen to those somewhere else, but but that's just not what's kind of what I'm convicted to do. Um, But it just so happens that this particular weekend, as we go into Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is really one of the central ideas in the book of Colossians. I mean, over and over again, Paul talks about that practice of gratitude and being thankful. So I just decided to make a concession. 
And so next weekend, the weekend before Thanksgiving, I will be preaching on this topic of being grateful and thankful as it pertains to Colossians. So I'm not going to focus so much on the third one today. But what I do want to focus on with you today is the second thing that's in this verse. When Paul says, be watchful and stay alert. Keep your eyes open. Be wide awake. Don't fall asleep spiritually. And when he writes about being watchful, the primary context for being watchful has to do with staying alert and keeping our eyes open to notice the activity of God all throughout our lives and all around us. Be watchful for the working of God. One of the central ideas that permeates the entire New Testament is that God is always active. Jesus says in the Gospel of John chapter 5, he says, my father is always working. I love the bridge of that song that we sing from time to time when we sing, even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, you're working. That is a rich theological truth that we need to absorb. Whether you are aware of it or not, God is always active and involved and engaged. As Paul says in Acts 17, to get people to seek after him and hopefully find him, and he's not far from any of us. When God created us, God created us as free beings. We have genuine free will. You're not a robot. You're not a puppet on a string. God doesn't coerce us. God has given us genuine free will. If, if we were robots programmed a certain way with no choice, it would undermine the whole purpose for which we were created. So God has given us free will with the intention that we would use our free will in a way that aligns with God's heart and God's vision for the world and human society. And the problem is, a lot of times we don't use our free will in a way that aligns with God's heart and God's priorities. That's why the world's so messed up, right? So God works within the constraints of free will, and yet the sovereign God is so infinitely wise, infinitely creative, infinitely resourceful, that no matter what human beings do, even the most horrific evils that we perpetrate, God is still somehow active and engaged and involved to take that ugliness and bring beauty and goodness out of it. Nowhere do we see a more quintessential example of that than on the cross, on the cross, simultaneously, we see, first of all, the worst, ugliest, most demonic, horrific act in human history, the torture and murder of God's son. It doesn't get any uglier or nastier than that. And yet, somehow or another, God is able to take this indescribably evil act and turn it into something unfathomably beautiful and glorious, unmatched by any other moment in human history. This is God's trademark. This is God's specialty. And so what this means in your life, and I want everyone to know this and everyone to feel this today, is that whether you know it or not, God is at work and engaged in your life. There's never been a nanosecond of your life when God wasn't involved. Even in the darkest moment of your life when you felt most alone and most rejected, you were not alone and you were not rejected by God. And no matter how dark that moment or season has been for you, it would be far, far darker if God weren't there and weren't engaged. And God is always a force working for good. God's eyes have always been on you. His love has always been towards you. His concern has always been for you. 
And even when you went through the nightmare that you experienced, whatever that might be, some of you are going through it right now, but whatever the nightmare has been, what you have to know when you gaze upon the, the perfected, uh, the perfect revelation of God's character on the cross is that God grieves with you. God is not the one behind the nightmare causing the nightmare. He's working, actually, to minimize as much as possible the nightmare and to bring as much as possible redemption out of the nightmare and to bring good out of it because God is always on the side of good. And he's always been on your side, and he has been every moment of your life. This is a firm conviction that I have, that God is good. God is a fountain of goodness, flowing and cascading into our lives, oftentimes it goes completely unnoticed. And so the imperative in this verse is to be watchful and notice God. Begin to take inventory and notice the working of God all around you. Notice the beauty and the goodness that we're swimming in and give thanks to God for that, never taking God for granted. James puts it like this in his letter. He says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. Now, sometimes as human beings, we get to be carriers of God's goodness to one another. Like right here at Village Church, I, I can tell you my family, Carrie, Reagan, Carson, and I, we've been here not quite a year and a half, but from the moment we first met somebody at Village Church to this very moment, you guys have been nothing but an endless stream of goodness in our lives in so many ways. Uh, I could probably make a long, long list of all of the good things that Village Church has brought to us, that individuals in this room have brought to me. One of the things that, that has really humbled me is, you know, when I came here as a pastor, you guys really didn't know quite what you were getting. Um, and part of that is I, I came from a particular religious tradition. I came from a particular segment of the Christian world. And some of you here don't, you're not, that's not your background, that's not your background. You can come from a very different background, and we don't always see eye to eye, right? There's a few of you here that we've had, you know, theological disagreements, and yet it's humbled me so much that even those folks who we may not have universal agreement on everything, you've been so good and so encouraging and so life-giving to me and supportive, and that is, first of all, spiritual maturity on your part, but also it's just God's goodness, and it's God, God's goodness in this church, and I hope I give the same grace to you. So I'm so grateful for the goodness of God that you have carried into my life. And it's appropriate for the Post family to, to just tell you, thank you for that. But as appropriate as it is for me to express thanks to you, it is most appropriate for us to thank God. Because listen, this is the key idea. Every ounce of goodness that exists in this world ultimately finds its origin in the heart of God. Wherever you see beauty and goodness around you, ultimately it finds its source in God. And if God were not active and involved and engaged and working in this world, this world would be one long, unmitigated nightmare. And so it's appropriate. We, we need to cultivate a rhythm of being watchful and alert and thankful. And I think the New Testament tells us this over and over again. Be watchful and be thankful because this is not something you and I would naturally do. 
We have to be intentional about being watchful and being grateful. We have to establish a cadence, a rhythm of watchfulness and gratefulness in our lives because if we're not disciplined to be watchful and grateful, then what happens is we start not noticing. We start not to see. We, we start not seeing the, the beauty and the goodness. We, we, stop, we, we start neglecting the evidence of God's goodness in our lives. Therefore, our hearts don't swell with gratitude and genuine worship as they could be. We, our faith just begins to degenerate and we begin to acclimate to the patterns of this world and slowly and gradually, ingratitude begins to infiltrate our hearts. I believe, and I don't, I'm, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say this, I believe this may be the most serious challenge to us as followers of Jesus when it comes to maintaining a vibrant, passionate faith. Many of you in this room, you've witnessed people perhaps. Maybe you've known people and maybe this has been you. I know I fit this description, but you've known people who maybe once upon a time had a really vibrant, passionate walk with the Lord, and then however long, five years, ten years later, you come across them again, and that vibrancy and that passion is no longer there. Maybe they still have religious activities they're engaged in, but that spark is no longer there. The passion, the vibrancy is no longer there. How many of you have known someone, even if it's yourself, that fits that description? Okay, many of you. Generally speaking, the reason that happens, and there are exceptions, I'm not saying there aren't exceptions, but generally speaking, when a person who once had a passionate, vibrant walk with the Lord eventually loses that, loses the vibrancy, it's usually not the result of one single moment, one single event, like a tragedy, and they didn't have the framework to handle it, and they abandoned God. That does happen occasionally, but usually that's not the primary reason why most people lose that edginess, that vibrancy, and that passion. Typically what happens is it's a slow process of decay. We're, listen, we, we, we weren't being vigilant. We weren't being watchful, and we weren't being grateful. And because that wasn't a rhythm in our lives, we begin to degenerate into just having eventually just a secular worldview. We still may have right beliefs in our head. That's the thing. That we, that's why we don't notice it. We still believe right things about God. We still believe right things about Jesus. We still have religious activities in our lives. But when it comes to how we see and experience life on a moment-by-moment, day-by-day basis, our world is really not that different from that of an atheist. It's just that we happen to believe some different things than them. But our, our, the experience of our lives is no different. So we've fallen asleep spiritually. And to the degree that we've fallen asleep, the talk of Jesus is not so readily on our lips. There used to be a time, perhaps, when you were much more attentive to the presence and the work of God all around you. And you noticed and you took inventory of the goodness that God has brought into your life. And your heart swelled up with genuine worship and gratefulness. And when you thought of things like salvation and, and God's mercy, boy, it just really moved you deeply. But if we're not being vigilant and if we don't stay watchful and keep alert and if we don't stay grateful, then eventually those things just become beliefs in our head. They just become ideas. 
And we don't talk about Jesus the way we used to talk about Jesus. We talk about the things everybody else talks about. We talk about politics and sports and weather. And of course, there's a place for talking about those things. But we've lost our fascination with Jesus. If I were to ask you right now, don't answer out loud, but if I were to ask you, how is God at work in your life right now? What is God doing in your life? What has God been doing in your life over the last week? You understand your capacity to have a meaningful answer or response to that hinges upon you staying watchful, keeping alert, being vigilant, and being grateful. If you're not staying watchful and vigilant, then if I ask you, what is God doing in your life right now? How is God at work? How do you see God at work? You might be just fumbling for an answer. Or you might just say, well, you know, Jesus died for me 2,000 years ago. I know that. I get that. Don't forget it. But I'm asking you today, what is God doing in your life? To have a meaningful response hinges upon you and I being watchful and being vigilant. It's the same thing with marriage. Let me talk about marriage for just a moment. Not, not, not in and of itself, but, but as, as an analogy for what I'm talking about. When a couple first gets married, boy, there's all this excitement, right? No? Okay. There's all of this uh, romance, right? Husbands, I'm trying to help you out, you know. But there's a passion, man. There's a vibrancy, you know, the wedding and the, the days that follow, the honeymoon. And boy, there's just a vibrancy and a passion in that relationship. But folks, it can happen in marriage that if you are not staying in close heart-to-heart communication, and if you're not being watchful and vigilant and taking note of the little things and being grateful for them and touching souls on a regular basis and Regular, regularly just looking deeply into one another, it can get to a point where you just kind of take each other for granted. And that couple who was once filled with such passion and vibrancy in their, in their relationship, eventually the love just kind of seeps out the window. And you just become glorified roommates. Maybe roommates with benefits, as they say. But if you stay in that condition long enough, eventually the benefits leave. And there's just this degeneration Um, the thing is, it it can happen under your nose gradually without you realizing it because you're still doing married things. You're still raising the kids and you're changing diapers. You're taking out the trash. You're going to work and paying the bills and you're hanging out with friends together. You're watching television. But the spark's gone. The passion's gone. The vibrancy, the romance is gone. And and it can get to a point where down the road, you you wake up one morning and you you realize you're lying next to a stranger. It's like, who who are you? Because here's the thing about life. Life is like a river that constantly flows. It's not a pond that stays the same. Life is always moving and flowing. That's the way human beings are. We evolve. We change. I guarantee you the person you are right now, you are not the same person as you were 20 years ago. I can, tell, I can tell you the person I was 20 years ago, fresh out of college, I am a completely different person in very significant ways. 
And so life's always moving and changing. And if the rivers, if you're talking about marriage, you've got two people, those rivers are both flowing. You've got two rivers that are flowing. And, and, and if you're not, if those rivers are not intersecting on a regular basis, eventually they begin flowing and evolving in different directions. And 20, 30, 40 years from now, you, you wake up one morning realizing you're laying next to a person and you're like, you're not the person I married all those years ago. Because you know what? They're not. And you're not the person that they married all those years ago because people change. The problem is not that people change. The problem is we're not changing together because the rivers of our lives are not regularly intersecting. We're not staying in constant communication, heart-to-heart communication, being watchful and being grateful. The same thing is true of our relationship with God. If we're not cultivating rhythmic prayer practices and staying in communication with God, if we're not being watchful and if we're not being vigilant and, 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 and taking, uh, taking every moment and being grateful to, for God's work in our life, it can happen that you just become a stranger to God. God becomes a stranger to you. We're even, even talking to God just feels unnatural eventually. And all the while, you still have right beliefs. You believe right doctrines. And you are engaged in religious activities. Maybe you're even serving in a ministry. But the reason you're engaged in those activities and serving in those ministries is not the same reason that got you into it in the first place. For many of you in this room, you know what I'm talking about. When you first started engaging in regular weekly worship with a community of believers and getting into the scriptures and and praying and you started serving in a ministry, what got you into this thing was this overwhelming fascination with the beauty and glory of Christ. That's what got you into this thing. But eventually what can happen is everything devolves to where now I'm engaged, now I'm involved, now I'm serving out of duty and obligation. I've fallen asleep. I haven't been watchful. Maybe you're in this room, maybe you're watching this on the stream, listening to this on the podcast, whatever, and, and, and you feel like I'm speaking right to you. I, you'd say, Ryan, I, that's me. I have fallen asleep. I am in spiritual slumber. How do we get out of that? It's right there in the verse. Look, look at the verse one more time, verse two of chapter four. Continue steadfastly in three things. Cultivate regular practices of prayer. This is why I do prayer workshops, is to help you in that. Cultivating, staying communicative with God throughout your day, staying watchful and vigilant, noticing the beauty and goodness that that God pours into our lives and expressing gratitude and thanksgiving, not just one holiday a year, but throughout the year, throughout our lives. If we can continue steadfastly in these things, it's going to rekindle that flame. So I'm pleading with you, I'm pleading with you, don't sleepwalk through your life. Don't spend your life blinded by your routine, taking everything for granted. But learn to wake up to the freshness of every moment. and Wake up to the beauty of every person. Live fully and love fully in the present moment. This is the only moment you've got right now, this moment where I'm looking at you. Live in the present moment and embrace the now. Husbands and wives, 
really look at one another. Look deeply into one another. Don't take each other for granted. Remember the little things. Notice the little things. Be grateful and express it. Keep that flame burning. Those of you that are parents with small children, it goes by so fast in the blink of an eye. You've got them for like a moment. Tomorrow you're going to be giving them away in marriage. They're going to be moving off to college or something else. Cherish every moment you've got. Appreciate it. Soak up every ounce of goodness that it brings. Look deeply into your kids. Friendships, deep friendships are a gift from God. You find those people that have just a kindred spirit. Cherish it. When your journeys have intersected, appreciate that because you, you are not always going to have that person. Look deeply at them. Be watchful. Be grateful. Look at the trees. Look at the clouds. Look at the mountains with fresh eyes. You and I are swimming in the beauty and the glory of God expressed in his creation. There's a lot of ugliness in the world, absolutely. There's a lot of goodness too. And if we can learn to just notice it, take time and be alert, notice the beauty and the gift of God that permeates our lives, it's going to bring a fresh passion to your life. And ultimately, it all centers upon God himself. When we see the beauty and goodness of God in our spouse, in our children, in our friendships, in creation, really it's, it's just a way of noticing the, the beauty and goodness of God because God is the beauty behind all that's beautiful. God is the goodness behind all that's good. God is the joy behind all that's joyful. James Bryan Smith, I'm, I'm going to bring this in for a landing. James Bryan Smith, uh, some of you have read his work. I, I love James Bryan Smith. Great work. Um, he talks about how he's got, one of the things that he does that helps him is he's got like a little journal that he keeps on the side and he calls it something like a goodness journal. And regularly, maybe daily, he just like takes time to look back and recognize the beauty and the goodness that he experienced that day, even in like little simple things. And he just takes note of it and he writes it down just to cultivate more of an awareness. The more we can take notice, the more we're watchful, the more we're going to see the goodness of God. And the more we see, the more we swell up with worship and gratitude. So for him, he just keeps a little journal, a goodness journal. Every time he notices beauty or goodness in the world around him, he just takes note of it, he writes it down. Just a way to disciple himself, to continue steadfastly in these things. The more we do that, and we notice how God is active and working, giving thanks for that, that spark starts to return. And God is no longer just an idea or a collection of God facts in your brain. But now God becomes a lived reality, an experienced reality in your life. That begins to transform you from the inside out. I want to close with a, a prayer practice today. I'm going to ask for just Daniel to come to the piano. We're going to, we're going to uh, just close with a really simple prayer practice, something I want to just teach you, enhance you. It's, it's as simple as it can be. It's, a, it's uh, an, an old uh, Ignatian practice called the prayer of examine. The prayer of examine. And the word examine is spelled E-X-A-M-E-N, if you're wanting to Google it and learn more. But it's just a simple practice where 
uh, maybe there's like four or five steps. So I'm just going to guide you through this. It's going to take like five or six minutes. And I want you right now, would you just sit in a comfortable position and close your eyes? This is the first step right here. Just close your eyes, take a deep breath, relax, rest in this moment. And right now, in in the quiet of this moment, I want you to just be aware that God is present here. And just recognize it. Maybe take a few deep breaths. And just take note that God is present and enjoy his presence. Let's take about 30 or 40 seconds of silence to just be present to the Lord. Now, I want you to, with God's help, I want you to look back over the past 24 hours, the last day. And I want you to relive the last day that you've lived with God. I want you to relive that uh, going hour by hour throughout the last 24 hours, from the time you woke up yesterday morning to this very moment. As best you know how, just kind of recount the events, the moments of your day. Kind of quickly pass over the less significant ones and maybe linger over the more significant moments, conversations you've had. And as you do that, as you notice God's goodness, as you notice the beauty and glory of God that you've experienced over the last day, I want you to take note of it and just really quietly under your breath, just say, thank you, Jesus. Don't get too, like, charismatic on me. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody's trying to meditate right now. But just take notice of those good things and under your breath, thank you, Jesus. Take about 30 or 40 seconds and let's do that together. Now I want you to look back over your day one more time. And I want you to notice, take notice of any moment, any event, any conversation in which you maybe missed an opportunity. Perhaps you could have or should have acted in a particular way and you didn't. I want you to find any moment like that over the last day as you're reliving this moment, this day with God. God, where did I miss it? 
And when you take note of those moments or those events or those conversations, just simply ask for God's forgiveness. Recognize it and ask for forgiveness. Take about 30 or 40 seconds. Now the last thing, I want us now to look forward to the rest of this day. As we leave this place, picture yourself leaving this room, going off and doing whatever you need to do today. I want you to think about the task that you're going to engage in. Think about the conversations that you're probably going to be having. Whatever the rest of your day looks like, I want you to envision this day but I want you to envision it with God and ask God, God, what would this day look like if I spend this day with you, even in the midst of everything else? What would these conversations sound like? What would these tasks be like? And what kind of person do you want me to be today? And with God's help, resolve to be that person. Let's take 30 or 40 seconds and do that with the Lord. Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to ask the rest of the band to come to the platform. I encourage you, if this is a practice that would help you to be watchful, I encourage you to, to adopt something like this. Or maybe, maybe that whole idea of having a goodness journal appeals to you. But whatever can help us to be discipled in being watchful and being grateful, for a lot of us, this is what will birth within us a whole new passion and vibrancy in our faith. Be watchful, stay alert, keep your eyes open and notice the goodness of God all around us and be grateful because that's what inspires worship. So that moments like this that we're about to engage in when we sing together become more meaningful for us. And so Lord, I pray over these men, women, and children that are part of our church. We're all on this journey together and I pray God that we would be the disciples you've called us to be, that we would take this word to heart and teach us how to keep our eyes open and to notice the presence of our holy God all around us. And may we fulfill the purpose for which we were created out of our own choice to genuinely worship you and to give ourselves to that loving relationship that you created us for. May we follow that craving in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. 
To learn more about Village Church, visit our website at villagechurchburbank.org. Thank you.